0: having been recently unconscious, was too wired to sleep, and wandered the forest instead. Charles awoke to the sound of young Joseph's voice. The door it hath reopened. Have some breakfast and then we'll go. Arthur and Joseph and Charles had another salad, and Arthur explains the origins of the ingredients. He also tried to explain in his jumbled Shakespearean how the filtercrafts, or the hovercrafts which were floating up above making all the racket, were using human and reticulin technology to turn carbon dioxide into oxygen, in the same process it was using to repel the gravity of Venus, also somehow generating nitrogen in the process. Charles took notes, but he didn't really understand. After they finished eating... Joseph handed Charles a suit. It looked like tinfoil, but felt like silk. And there was a helmet. that was like a thin goldfish bowl. They all three put on suits like this and climbed into what they called the chariot, which looked more like a chrome dune buggy tank. When they arrived, they all saw the door there shimmering. Charles thanked them for their hospitality, wished them the best, and climbed up the ladder back into the coffee house. Once he was through the portal, he looked back down at them. He took off his helmet, motioned like he was going to throw it back down to them. Arthur and Joseph protested, Might thou needst it! And then they left. Charles was relieved to be back in the interdimensional coffee house. Just then, the view into Venus, in that time and place switched in an instant to some ancient Greek-looking theater. But the sun was bigger than what he was used to. On the other side of the door to the left, the mountains were a color he had never seen before, and there was a storm obscuring what he was pretty sure was a light blue sun, or a star, which he assumed it orbited around. The next led to a familiar-looking park, with a slide and a swing set and all. He looked away from the pyramid, out to the ocean, to the other islands, to the starry night sky. He walked away from the pyramid on that island, crossed the malachite floor to one of the tables, beside a fire pit, and gazed at the view of the ocean and all of the other islands spaced hither and yon throughout. What happened to your cup? Clara said from behind him. Charles turned around. What? Don't worry about it, she said. Can I get you anything to drink? A water, if you don't mind, Charles replied. Charles noticed that Clara was wearing a Ramones shirt and jeans. She left and returned momentarily with a glass of water. Thank you, he said. Of course, she laughed, and went to go help one of the other tables. "'Is this seat taken?' said a man from his right. He was a bearded man, wearing sweatpants. "'Go for it,' Charles said. The man sat down, stirring his drink. He said, "'Someone once told me there's really only one pyramid happening in thirty-six to the power of sixteen times and places.'" Charles said, more like a power of seventeen, minus one, if you add them all together. I'm Charles, by the way, and offered his hand. George! He didn't shake his hand. He seemed nice enough, though. He was a bit socially awkward, and was mostly there for the fire. They talked a bit, were quiet for a while, looked out and listened to the ocean and the muffled conversations at the other tables. Charles looked up at the familiar night sky and noticed it was changing to a deep indigo blue. He wondered if the sun would come up later. "'Well, hey, gotta run,' George said. They said their goodbyes and left. Over the next half hour or so, Charles could hear a few people saying their goodbyes to each other and exiting through separate doors. Then he noticed he was alone on that island but he could see other people on the other islands in the distance. He inhaled the warm clove and cinnamon and gazed out to the sea. He had just about finished his water when he first began to hear the sound of whale song. He wondered if that was just a feature that his namesake had added, or if whales had undersea portals into this place, and if so, what they called. The more that was revealed, the more questions he had, but could never seem to think of them when he had someone in front of them to ask, so he wrote the questions down in his notebook. He felt a presence to his left. He turned to see a man had just entered through the nearest central door, and was standing there looking at him with a smile. He wore a gray suit and tie, and had brown hair. His face was a little off. Charles said, Hello? The man said, Hello? In exactly the same intonation as Charles had, as if he were initiating the conversation as well. He approached the table, sat down across from Charles, still smiling. Charles wasn't sure what to do or say. He said, How are you? The man said, I want to kill you! and kept smiling. Charles' heartbeat accelerated. After a long pause, the man said, May I please kill you? Still smiling. Charles started to look around for help. The door in the center faded from a door into total darkness to the hallway, and Clara came out. She approached the table with a smile. She said, Other translations include, I want to mate with you, I want to experience what it's like to be you. The coffeehouse translated it that way, so that you would know that, were you to agree to what it is he is asking you for, your individual self would permanently cease to exist. I understand, Charles said, somewhat relieved. The man looked confused, so Charles told him. I'm afraid I will have to decline. My name is Charles. He reached to shake the man's hand. The man stood abruptly, pushing the wooden chair back, making a sound against the stone floor. He began bowing repeatedly, saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, while walking backwards out of one of the doors. Sorry about him, Clara said. We get all kinds here. "'Can I ask you a few questions, or are you very busy?' Charles asked Clara. "'I can spare a few minutes. What's up?' she said cheerfully and sat down at the table, putting down her tray. Charles said, "'I hope this doesn't sound rude, but I'm very curious. Are you a computer?' Clara laughed and said, "'Are you?' Charles hadn't thought about it. "'I don't think so.' Aha, but you think, she said playfully. Yes, so do I. So if Descartes is right, that means we are, she said. Charles said, how old are you? Clara looked past Charles at the horizon. She said, do you see those islands out there? Charles said, yes. She said, on every one of those islands, there I am. When we go to sleep at night, our memories become one. Each and every one of us is over 16,000 years old. But together, (laughs) Charles said, what was it like 16,000 years ago? Clara said, the first thing I remember, I was an empress. And then I found out that was all an illusion. And that I was really this revolutionary named Blythe. It turned out that wasn't true either. She looked at the horizon with a distant smile, tears streaming down her face. Charles watched her, amazed. Mm-hmm.